What's up, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Epic Nation podcast. I'm your host, Lee Pastor Marcus Warrosia, PM is what they call me. So I wanted to kind of dig into this idea. I, I posted something on Facebook recently, and it kind of sparked a conversation that I was having. And I truly believe it to my core, and I feel like it'll be beneficial for you. If nothing else, I don't want to do so much teaching on this episode, but I really want to provide some content to get you to think about. And then on the next few episodes, I'm going to do a little more teaching. So I want to really leverage and utilize this podcast as a resource. One of the things I'm learning is, man, there is a huge gap in biblical uh, understanding, and most people are biblically literate. And I don't mean that in a negative. It just means like, man with apps and things of that nature, you know, people don't really have an understanding of the order of the Bible. You know, when I was growing up, you have actually had the table of contents. You knew Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, you can quote them. Now, people don't know because they just locate it or they just type it in. I would say nothing wrong with that. I'm not sure. I haven't made a decision on that just yet. But I, I also understand I, I, I posted on my Instagram and asked how many people are believers that have read the Bible from cover to cover. I asked it, and I started asking more and more people. I've yet to hear anyone tell me they've read the Bible from cover to cover. So I'm on an all-out mission, man, to increase people's biblical knowledge. And one of the ways that we're going to do that is this podcast will serve as one. You know, whether it be now or if you want, if someone listened to it, to it a year from now, I want to make sure that we have an archive on YouTube. Uh, you can go to the Epic Nation as well as on our podcast, and I'm going to really go into high gear, going chapter by chapter, verse, teaching concepts, whether it be on uh, the book of Romans or the book of Acts. We're going to look at whole books and not sermons where you're looking at an isolated portion of Scripture or a couple verses. We're going to see what it means as an overall whole and how do you live it out in plain language, give you the resources, like what do we actually use to research. So that's going to be provided for you. But let's get into today's episode. Today's episode, I'm just going to unpack something that, that's been heavy on my heart. I've been, I was, I'm starting to realize, man, how tough it is for believers, right? So think about this. I reckon like more than ever, think about the gravitational pull it takes to be a believer. Like if you, you believe in Jesus Christ, like it's a gravitational pull to, in essence, be fake. Because we're taught anything outside of this obnoxious belief is lack of faith. And I don't think that's the case. I know that people go through things. There's struggle. There's frustration. There's turmoil. There's just times that you have questions and you got some person who comes up with this simple one plus one equals God's going to make a way somehow the solution. And life is a little more complicated than that. Now, will God make a way? Yes, I believe that. Will Will it work out? Yes, I believe that. Will all things work together for the good them that love him and are called according to his purpose and plan? I believe that wholeheartedly. But it does not mean that I have to ignore my friend and cut them off while they're talking and say, girl, you it'll be okay. No, I think that sometimes we have to learn as a believer to move away from the gravitational pull to be hypocritical, to be abrasive, to not be realistic to life, and to just be a bad friend. Every time someone's calling you, sometimes it's okay to sit and listen to, even if it's complaint, like take a moment and, and bear their, their, allow them to get it all out. Then move to a place that you can reconcile some of these things. But even more than that, here's the thing. Here's the real thought. I went on a tangent just then. And that's what I love about this podcast. 
you know, it allows me to just get some thoughts out. And <laughs> we get a chance to get to know each other. It's like we sitting around grabbing a cup of coffee and just kicking it. Okay, so here's the idea. The the, the real gravitational pull is because people, Imagine every week you're in an environment that promotes inspiration. You know, so I'm inspired. I'm I'm hearing every Sunday, it's about to happen. It's about to turn around. It's my season. Um, declare it and stand on it. If you just believe, tap your neighbor and say. So I, and there it's followed by an inspirational statement. There's this euphoric feeling. Imagine going to a pep rally every single Sunday, and now with that. A person visiting this environment once once a week now, once a week do you visit this environment, but not knowing how to create this as a daily routine or create this environment daily to sustain that feeling. There's a frustration that comes with that because once a week I'm in a pet rally, but six days a week I don't have practice. Could you imagine what a football or basketball team would look like if they had a pet rally six days a week and they practice one day a week? Or if they had a pep rally six days a week, but they never practice, they would lose in the game. And what I'm learning with with believers now, we're having pep rallies once a week, but we are not having practices that teach people strategy of how to win in the light in their life as it relates to their faith. So what? So it causes frustration because they're they're not seeing the things that the preacher is preaching. Now, is he wrong? Did he lie? No, he didn't lie. Is the Bible wrong? Did the Bible lie? No. Does faith not work? No. What happens is we're inspired, but we're not informed on how to implement what inspired me. So if you inspire me and tell me that it's going to be okay and I'm going to be a business owner, I'm going to be a millionaire and all these things, but you don't inform me on how to implement a strategy to actually do it. Okay, let me, let me make it make sense to you. David was anointed as king. So that's not inspiration. That is an actual thing that God did, chose him, anointed him. But if David does not, if David does not implement a plan to throw a rag and a rock, and with his rag and his rock to defeat Goliath, he doesn't get on the radar of Saul. He does not move into this position to be trained. Now let's take it a step further. I know we like to think that David is just this noble guy, and that David just this heroic feat, and he saw this. Goliath, and now he did, but let's go, let's go with it, right? He saw Goliath and was like, oh my God, who is this talking bad about God, defying the odds of Israel? But here's the underlying thing no one talks about. David asked a critical question. What does the man get that defeats him? He asked, in essence, how much money is in it? What's the prize? They told him, listen, you get a whole lot of money, you get to marry the king's daughter, and you don't have to pay taxes, and your family don't have to pay taxes. Oh, what? Hold on. I get a big old bag of money, I get the king's daughter, and I don't have to pay taxes? That alone was enough. So I think that sometimes you overlook the underlying parts of it. And from that, David was able to implement a strategy. His strategy, he went to he went and chose five smooth stones. He didn't just take the inspiration of I can defeat Goliath. He also took the information of what's in it for him if he win and a strategy to it. And that's what I'm trying to get us to. Trying to get us to a place that we don't just live on inspiration, but we employ and the information needed and a strategy to help us win. If not, we're going to forever live frustrated and we and the gravitational pull of being fake pretending to keep from someone indicting us on having a lack of faith is going to continue to happen. But let me let me just clean clean this up even more so it makes it make sense to you even more. 
Here's what I really believe. And then I'm going to let you go. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I really believe. I really, really, really believe that as a believer, we've got to develop a skill and a mind, skill set and mindset mastery. What do I mean by that? We can't just reach people spiritually and get them to have spiritual mastery where they can speak in tongues, they can read scripture, they can prophesy, they, they know their calling, they know their spiritual gift assessment, they can operate in ministry, they can do things in the four walls of church, they can sing, they can, they can uh, build a leadership team, all these things, they can do sound media, they can serve, I mean, you know all the different roles, they can do anything as it relates to a church setting or anything as it relates to their spiritual calling, so they know how to pray. They know how to read their word. They know how to have a relationship with God. They have a devotional life. All of those are great. Don't stop doing them. But if you reach spiritual mastery, that you have the ability to do all of these things, but you don't do not develop skill set and mindset mastery, how can you manage, create, or produce what you are praying to God for? So if I know how to pray, I know how to reach God. I know how to access God. But when God gives me an idea, if I don't have a skill set, Let's just say I'm praying to God for money and God gives me an idea to start a company. I need skill set and mindset mastery of how to run a business. I don't pray more. He's already given me the answer in prayer. Now it's a matter of taking skill set, similar to what David did, the skill set of being able to throw a rag in a rock, take strategy, go grab five smooth stones. If David don't get those five smooth stones, and if he does not have the skill set to do it, like I want you to really see this in the Bible. Joseph mastered the skill of administration and management. If he don't have that skill set that he learned in his father's house because his father put him over his brothers, then he don't have a way to get out of the prison. He would have been locked up forever. If David doesn't master fighting and writing poems, what, what, what would be the thing that opens up the gate that he needed to put him in a tent? Jesus was a master carpenter. The disciples were master fishermen. It is only in this day and time that people have no mastery. They have no skill set. So let, let me break this down to you. I want you to think about this. Have you developed a skill set or mindset that you can create, manage, or produce what you're praying for? Like you are believing God for blank. And you're good at blank. Like fill in those blanks. You're believing God for blank. What's the thing you're believing for? And what's the thing you're actually good at? Like where is the skill set that connects to what you're praying for? If not... How can I actually begin to see the promises of God happen? It is not that God, God lied. It's not the Bible doesn't work. But could it be possible that one or two things, either you've moved too far to one side where you have great skill set, great mindset, but no spiritual mastery, and that God wants to develop your prayer life, develop your faith, develop your senses, develop your discernment, develop your fruit of the spirit, your joy, your meekness, your temperance. He wants to develop those. Or could it be possible that you've developed spiritually, but you're underdeveloped in your skill set and your mindset? And if that is the case, all three are needed. You're going to have to develop a skill set that's going to take time and attention that gives you the ability to manage, to create, to produce based on what God gives you in prayer. That's all I want to give you because I want you to think about it. And I even want to pray with you wherever you're listening to this. I want to pray this prayer over you and I want you to begin to take this seriously because in order for things to happen, God needs a container. It is illegal for a spirit to move in the earth without a container. Even Jesus is the container that the spirit of God, that God, the full, the fullness of God was poured out into humanity and the container came through the womb of Mary. There is no such thing 
as God producing anything that, that does not move through humanity. So if he's going to produce income, it's going to happen through your hands, through your mind, through people, through relationships. So the way that God answers your prayer is through an idea and through people. So what I want you to do is with when he's going to answer your prayer, but you're going to have to develop a skill to be able to package, produce and create the prayer that he answered. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, wherever they're listening to this, whenever they're listening to this, give them something they can understand. Don't just give them any random idea, but something that is is cut specifically and tailor-made to the skill that you've given them. God, you give seed to the sower. That is not just money, but you give us whatever we need that we might sow our talent, our gift, our ability, our ideas, our hearts, our passions, and our skill to produce. You have given us the power to get wealth. That power comes through the skills that you have given us. So, Father, give us the discipline, the consistency, the relations. Give us mentors. Give us teachers. Give us people in our lives that will develop what you put in us. Help us to live up to the potential you put in us and help us to produce a life that gives you back a return, 30, 60, and even 100-fold. Don't let us be the man who, with one talent who buries it. But God, whatever you've given us, let us give you back a return on your investment. We believe it. We decree it and it is so in Jesus name. And it begins starting now. I want to pray over you. I hope that you're blessed by this. Do me one favor. Leave a review and share this with someone. We're about to kick into, into high drive interviewing people. Also giving you valuable content that you can actually pull up out this podcast, pause it and be able to write notes. I want you to be able to sit around with a group of friends and listen to the podcast and learn from it, study with it. I'm going to provide resources. I'm going to send you to an actual site that you can click on things and learn there as well. If you are not already, if you're listening to this podcast and somehow, some way you're not connected to the Epic Nation, make sure you make that happen. We are a global church, literally in all different places. I am currently in New York City while I'm recording this. It is 3.18 a.m. while I record this. I'm here in New York for us to have an epic hangout. It's our version of what the original church in the book of Acts did, how they met from house to house, that Paul would go into a city or into a region, connect with people, and begin to share like-minded faith, to begin to move into systems. So here's what we're trying to do. We're trying, we're trying to eliminate biblical illiteracy as well as connect, turning, friend, turning strangers into friends. So it is networking. It's conversations about faith. People can ask hard questions. If they go to a regular church, they come, they sit, they listen, they leave. Now, most churches do small groups, but we now, as a church, we are in other cities building out a globe. Like we're online, but we want to we wanna physically touch them and build communities of small groups in different cities, states, regions, and countries that people can have both what we've talked about today, not just spiritual mastery, but skill set and mindset mastery. So we are intentional about both spiritual life, social life, professional life. It's amazing the work we're doing. We want you to be a part of it. No matter what city or state you're in, you can be a partner of the Epic Nation to build what we believe is the new technology of the church that is going to change the way church is done. Everything is taking place online. So how do we galvanize? gather people and still eliminate biblical illiteracy, helping people to learn more about their faith, but more, most importantly, helping people to live out the promises of God. I love y'all to life. Until next time, we are epic. Empowering purpose, inspiring change.